Hello, and welcome to the RPG Academy podcast Twitch channel. My name is Michael, and we're here tonight with another episode of Detention Live. Joining me always is my faithful co-host, Chris. Chris, say hello to everyone. Hello, everyone. On, on my screen, you're up there. I don't know where I'm you are on the uh, <laughs> stream. And then join us tonight as a special guest co-host. We have Mitt Wallace, who is the diversity coordinator with IED, or IGDN, which is the Indie Game Developer Network. So, Mitch, welcome to the show. Ah, thanks for having me. Yeah, I, this uh, this is the coolest detention I've ever been in. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's what we're going for. So, so far, check that box. Yeah. Um, so, where might people know you from? Uh, you're in the TTRPG design space, obviously, but any podcasts you're part of, any books, projects, games, whatever, give us a little bit of your bona fides. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, usually you can find me over at Weave the Tail, uh, which is uh, a Twitch channel uh, here, obviously, um, where we do like actual plays and stuff like that. Uh, just have a good old time. Uh, I've been on Red Moon Role Play, uh, doing some horror stuff. Uh, worked for Helm Gas, Black Void Games, um, as well as uh, a few others um, kind of doing marketing for Kickstarters. Uh, and then I did my own book, which was Necrobiotic uh, last year, uh, which is about to go to print here pretty soon. Uh, nice. Other than that, I'm usually at conventions selling books. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's me in a, in a ball. Well, very happy to have you here with us tonight. Again, a catacon, get that plug out early. Uh, our convention is like two weeks away now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so small little uh, tiny convention in Dayton, Ohio. Very much indie game focused. Like we we got our um, our event schedules up. And I think, you know, there's a ton of Pathfinder because Pathfinder organized play comes. But I would say like 80% of our games are not D&D or Pathfinder. Oh, that's and, good. I, I always love to hear it because, yeah, yeah I I... I will play 5e, yeah. um, but I don't want to. See, I love 5e, but when I go to a convention, I try very hard to play games I've never played before. So I, I, I seek out new experiences, and I think we at, at Akatacon do a very good job of that. So we got a lot of Free League Press this year. There's a whole bunch of their games. Nice, yeah. Alien, Simperum, really Forbidden Lands. Uh, I don't know how many. Chris is running some Star Wars. I'm running Dread. Yeah. Which uh, Star Wars version, uh, uh, edition? fantasy flight fantasy flights? nice yeah i really enjoy their stuff uh and i i played the one before it which was like uh well there was saga and then before that there was like the dm 3.5 esque yeah um oh. and then i hear someone else has the ip so i'm curious to see um what the new star wars ttrpg will look like i um, think i think it's going to just be the fantasy flight games just, just going to keep with doing with that yeah because they bought the ip for all that um mm. one fantasy flight games got rid of it i got rid of it but shut their stuff down yeah i just need more stuff yeah more stuff send me more so a quick shout out for penny for a tail the first time chatter jumping in so if you're here for Hello. mitch welcome if you're not here for everybody else or anybody else thanks happy to have you here uh lurking's always fine too so just hanging out with us is very cool uh so we are going to jump into the show proper and we start off with something we call extracurricular and this is where we just share things that are going on in our lives. It's usually pop culture related, movies, books, that kind of thing. Uh, Mitch, I'll start with you. You're the guest tonight. What's going on in your life you feel like sharing with the internet? Oh, man. I mean, so uh, 
so I, I mean, one of the bigger like things that has been happening, I, I think, on the Twitterverse is the Try Guys. Uh, you know, the the scandal with the, the catastrophe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the married guy um, uh, found that there was he was cheating with um, uh, on on his wife uh, with one of the employees at the Try Guys, uh, production manager, I believe. Um, but like it was watching snl not get it at all um and for me i found the snl skit pretty funny but also like just how much of a i guess a different point of view hollywood has on like morality because like you know uh, hollywood snl it's like everyone's cheating like you know they, they print like magazines about relationships and like the horrible things uh celebs do to each other and stuff like that and then when something like this comes and a company's like we don't want that happening here we're going to treat it like seriously like as right. like we don't understand and then they they mock it but it's like eh, you're not i don't know if you guys are human anymore Who knows? <laughs> yeah <laughs> what do you guys think like i I, I never watched Try Guys until because my wife loves Try Guys. Um, and I was like, I have no idea who they are. And then like she made me watch some. So I didn't, still don't. I've never watched it. I heard about the scandal. And I yeah. know one of the people that was having an affair that is still the sum total of my knowledge of Try Guys. Oh, you should. Mine too. We, I feel like we need a, a Try Guys segment where we get you guys to try on some. We try, try guys. Yeah. Try, try guys. <laughs> uh, so Remy's checking in. Thanks for me for being here. Hey, Remy. Our, uh, hey, Remy. Loyal fans and friends of the show. So anything else you want to chat about, Mitch? Oh man. I mean, um, I mean, obviously like cyberpunk um, edge edge runners, you know, the, the Netflix show kind of just resurrecting the dead. That is cyberpunk, the video game. Um, I saw that I think uh, um, they were really proud of the amount of people who came back and started playing cyberpunk again and, and mm-hmm. including me because I've always was waiting I was like when is cyberpunk going to be ready for me to come and play it because when I bought it when it first came out and was looking at the reviews and stuff I was like this is I don't want to like taint my experience by uh, having a heavily flawed game when hopefully <laughs> if I wait they'll be able to fix all the stuff. Right. Um, and yeah, like um, watching them uh, make it a great game and then uh, also seeing how well they integrated the show with the video game was really cool to see. And I think like one of the first times uh, anyone has really done that. Um, and it was, it was good on them for it. Nice. So I like Edge um, like Runners. I thought it was a good show. Yeah, oh man. I missed that one as well. Oh Uh, so cyberpunk is like it's one of the genres that I don't connect with at all. It just does not work well with me. I've tried Shadowrun and just I don't know. Okay, Shadowrun is a hot mess. Like the rules, the amount of effort it takes to make a character and then to just play a game, like I'm always surprised with Catalyst games because, you know, they they come out with Shadowrun, like, it feels like every couple of years a new edition's coming out. Uh, But every couple of years, like, I feel like the main complaint that everyone has, which is it's way too, and I wouldn't even say complicated because I feel like Pathfinder is complicated, but I can can handle Pathfinder. Um, But I guess it's inefficient, uh, disorganized, just hard to 
to get through and to understand and to implement at a table. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like, I don't know, every year Catalyst Games is like, hey, we're going to shift a little bit, but the main base of our game, we're going to keep the same. Um, and it's like, ah, oh, okay. <laughs> it just, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. open to other, like, again, if there's a cyberpunk game at a catacomb I get to play, I would certainly try it, but just, it's not, not something I seek out. So I missed that one. But Chris, you said you watched it? I did. Uh, it just piqued my curiosity one day and I started watching it. It was good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was a little dark. Mm-hmm. Maybe not yeah. watch it with the kids. It's an anime, but. Oh, snap. I watched it with my, my four-year-old. So <laughs> oh. yeah, well, I guess it depends upon the kid. Yeah, my kid yeah. was on board and left. So he'd be like, oh. <laughs> surprisingly, my kid when watching uh, the remake of evil dead was sympathetic to um, the woman they end up locking in the basement. He was like sitting on the couch, like, what are they doing with the girl? And I was like, she'll be back. Like, you know, she's going to break out of there. She'll, she'll be back. She'll be fine. Yeah, she'll be fine. Don't worry. It's, it, it gets good. Trust me. Nice. Interesting. All right. So, Chris, what about you, buddy? Uh, not a ton of new stuff. I mean, I got the new computer. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited because I actually kind of spoiled myself and spent a little money on a gaming computer. So, um, if you're watching, let me know how the stream's going because I'm actually hosting it for once. So yep. if there's any hosting the call and OBS, so all my internet issues should be yeah, hopefully yeah. taken care of. What but, games are you playing? Like, I mean, this is second. This comes second to the like what it's meant to do. Well, so far I, I've played Tabletop Simulator. Um, and it runs a lot smoother than uh, my 12 year old laptop. Uh, yeah, that's fair. I, I haven't had time to do anything else. Uh, I'm curious to see the new the new Diablo that comes out. Ooh, when is that coming out? Sometime next year. So, I don't know. I, I really no enjoyed the last one. Yeah, I don't jump into like the big uh, games where you have to like commit. Hey, we got to be here every night and do this, this, and this. I'm like, I can't. Yeah, that's why I like the tabletop simulator or um, games where you can just jump on and play whenever you want. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'll probably get some stuff I can just play around with down in my basement. Uh, the the big adjustment is I went from a 15 inch monitor to a 27 inch so i, I want to almost put it on the wall away from me because it feels like it's just too close to my face but yeah i'll get used to it um and then you gotta start adding screens right you got you got one screen now you need like three you have the batman the set up yeah so you need yeah two vertical monitors on the side and then uh-huh. like 13 inch above here yep yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. I'm all right. <laughs> you're playing Diablo. You're listening to a song on YouTube and you're watching a new Netflix special uh, to your left. And then like on the right, you got like your chat up just in case someone wants to bug you. Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I have the attention span for all that <laughs> or the brain space. My brain would just go, Boop, we're done. <laughs> um, yeah. Part of the idea of getting new computers, I just want something that'll last a while. So yeah. I have a friend who builds computers. So he, he built me a pretty solid one. And now's a good time, right? Because uh, I believe like the graphic card issue uh, has kind of uh, settled down a little bit after, uh, I guess, Bitcoin uh, dropped in popularity. I have no idea. I just said, <laughs> I have, this is my budget. What can you do? And he went, I can do this. I said, all right, cool. Yeah. Like I'm not a computer person, but my wife is. And like, she just kept saying, cause I wanted an upgrade my uh, graphics and she's like, not now because uh, a lot of people were using graphic cards uh, for Bitcoin mining. And mm. so the sales of them just like went up, went up the roof and they all got really expensive. Um, but hopefully it's kind of like settled down a little bit. 
yeah. uh, got back on track. Bitcoin ruining everything. I know, right? Yeah. Let me play my games. <laughs> uh, other than that, uh, finished up Lord of the Ring, or Rings of Power. Ooh. I, I enjoyed it. I'm not a hardcore Tolkien fan, so somebody who screams they screwed up the lore, I'm like, to yeah, me, it's neither. perfect lore. <laughs> yeah. I don't know any different. Um, yeah. Like She-Hulk. I, me, it, did you finish it? Um, yep. Yeah, I, I, I loved finished the it final. the other day, too. I thought it was great. I watched I, it with my kids. They did not get the old style original eighties Hulk. Like they, they oh totally, none of that made yeah. sense. But <laughs> that was I was silly. laughing and smiling that entire episode. I loved it. Yeah. I think it, they needed a show like that to come out and break that just serious brooding character and just have one that's kind of like, Hey, I'm going to yeah. talk to the camera, but not like in a Deadpool way either. Like I, they were spot on with it. Um, yeah. And like, having an ending that doesn't like save the world was cool too, because mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, if every Marvel movie they're saving the world, I feel like statistically we're just going to die. Right. Like <laughs> right. one of, one of these guys is going to drop the ball. It's like, it's like fumbling in D and D if you roll D20 enough, you're going to hit. Exactly. A right. Like yeah. <laughs> if everyone's saving the world, like one of them is going to roll in that one. Uh, I, so I really cool. like too, when Jen said Todd, the powers aren't the bad guy. Todd's the bad guy. I'm like mm-hmm. that's, Yes, exactly. And then not yeah. having like a CGI fight at the end, you know, yeah. uh, which was always nice because I I really liked WandaVision, but mm-hmm. for me the ending uh, it did it, it wasn't as great as it could have been. Right. And I, I think if they just would have, you know, kept with that emotional stuff instead of, you know, special I, I loved WandaVision, but that last episode was kind of like I guess yeah. it, it went so. up the roller coaster and then just dropped real fast. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I did finish Andor. I have not watched Ooh. today's episode. I am not caught up with Star Wars. I still need to watch uh, the Book of Boba Fett and uh, you Andor. don't bother. You really don't. Okay, don't <laughs> I'm just going to skip that then. Yeah. <laughs> Being a hardcore Star Wars guy, uh, just ignore it. But Andor is good. Yeah. Yes. Andor okay. is phenomenal. Yep. Um, and I'm a little biased because it's kind of the first Star Wars story that doesn't. No, no spoilers doesn't have jedi or the sith in it yeah i mean just, that's that that's good uh I, I think the more they can just kind of separate themselves with stories without including mystical wizards uh is better for the setting in general right. and i love mystical wizards you mm-hmm. know i love jedi i love lightsabers i love force choking and lightning blasting but this this show is just oh it's so good because it's it's just a good story that happens to be in the star world star yeah. Wars world. yeah and it's one of the first ones that you could you could almost play it as characters instead yeah. of you don't have this jedi that's kicking butt and you're in the back just flying the ship <laughs> like it's everybody's kind of got their flaws and i i appreciate how well it's done yeah and how it builds on the lore and it adds to you know it adds to what you see in Rogue One, and you understand the character more. And Rogue One was one of my favorite Star Wars movies. It's really good. It really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. It's it, it doesn't have a happy ending. That's what people didn't like. I'm like, I'm just, I go, I, did you know this is a, a, a war is in the yeah. title? Star Wars. Yeah. It's <laughs> ever see Empire Strikes happen. Back? Empire Strikes Back didn't have a happy ending. Yeah. Like they all kind of got beat up. But spoilers for anybody who hasn't seen that. <laughs> yeah. Spoilers. 
Yeah. Vader's Luke's dad. What? Oh my <laughs> god. No. <laughs> Say it isn't so, but oh, it ruined everything. Now oh, I sorry. can never yeah, watch. Uh... Yeah. 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 We won't mention he kissed his sister. Oh. <gasps> the first uh, was it? Uh, it's probably not the first like incestual uh, kiss on on TV, but certainly the most prominent that I can think of. I mean, Game of Thrones. Game of is Thrones. Like, hold my beer. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know never House of the watched, Dragon, yeah. I've never watched Games of Thrones and watching the uh the second uh trailer like for the the new series, I'm like I don't know. I don't know if I can I can take Matt Smith in that I, I keep seeing him as Doctor Who. Mm. And I, it, See, it I never sad. watched really Doctor Who, but House of Dragon is really really good, but it's also I mean, it, you you have to know what you're signing up for, and uh, but I'm, I mean, it's really well done version. Same thing with Game of Thrones. Like, again, the last season was terrible. I think everybody says that, but those first like four or five seasons, Game of Thrones, were some of the best TV ever. So yeah, so that's totally fine. Uh, so quick shout out, we got Broda Bush with us, and we also have Ventru One Three Nine Nine hanging out. So uh, thank you both for hanging out with us. So Mitch actually sent a quick chat. He's got to take a quick break. Um, so we will vamp a little bit. Well, actually, I haven't said my stuff, so I'll do that. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, Andor's She-Hulk again already covered those really enjoying both of them love She-Hulk um, I've been checking out the show on Netflix called The Midnight Club are you familiar heard, with that one I've heard about it yeah so I'm a believer in Mike Flanagan Mike Flanagan mm-hmm. has sort of popped on the scene very Netflix heavy does a lot of he did a Stephen King sh- uh, short Gerald's game was incredible then he did the haunting on Hill House or you know, mm-hmm. yeah, you're right. one of the best things I've ever watched then Haunting at Bly Manor, which I did not like as well, but was still solid. Well, this is the new thing that he's doing. So it is a Netflix series. I don't know if it's a limited, like it's one and done, but basically the premise is there's this spooky old house that is currently being ran as a hospice for young adults or young or youth, I should say, not even young adults, like 12, 15, 18 year olds mm-hmm. who all have terminal diseases. So they're in hospice care, but they're kids essentially Mm -hmm. and uh, we have sort of our our main character that we follow as she receives a diagnosis and in an effort to try to figure out you know maybe some ways she could cure herself you know looking for miracles as it was she found this story about this other young woman who had a similar diagnosis who just was miraculously cured at that place back in like the 60s so she ends up getting accepted she goes there she meets this other cast of characters some of which have been there a little bit longer and this is all in the first episodes i'm I'm spoiling the premise a little bit but i'm not really getting too much Mm -hmm. but essentially she learns that they have a a thing called the midnight club where they gather together every midnight and they just tell stories to each other mostly they're kind of like ghost stories but they're they're stories they just share with each other they they make up their own they, they share them but part of the club is that they've all agreed that if they when they die they will do everything in their power to try to communicate back across the veil to let the other people know there is an afterlife. Okay. And then there are all these spooky things that are happening. And you start to wonder like, is this that like, are there other people who have already passed away in the midnight club who are trying to reach out and that's why these things are happening? Or is there some other uh, thing going on? It's definitely more YA focused than like haunting on Hill house is for example, Okay. But it's it's definitely good. I give it a solid B. I'm really enjoying it. I think we're four episodes in. 
happy to keep watching it in Mike Flanagan. I trust. Uh, so I'm really hoping he can stick the land. I'm talking about the Midnight Club, Mitch. I don't know if you're familiar. Oh, yeah. I I started like the first 30 minutes. Um, and yeah, definitely young adult. <laughs> yeah, it's that's the only thing that kind of got me is it's just a little too kitty. Yeah. I'm I'm hoping again, I'm hoping it'll stick the land. I'm still gonna watch it, still happy to, to keep going. Um again, Mike Flanagan, I trust uh, the midnight mass was incredible. Oh, Haunting on really Hot good. Hill House was incredible. So I have faith that, that they're gonna stick the land in and make it make the, the ride worthwhile. Uh and then Black Adam going to see it tomorrow night, 4 oh, yeah, 30 p.m. Eastern to... time. Holy that heck. is, uh, I have, my kids got swim practice, wife's taping them, taking them on Thursday. So I got the evening free. Uh, so I, I have not really looked into it as much. Like I've, I'm interested and excited, but I'm not like hardcore onto DC like I am Marvel. So I'm just hoping I'll eat some popcorn, watch the rock, make, you know, eyebrow moves for two hours. I'll call That's it a day. the only reason like, yeah. <laughs> Good luck. All right. That. So with that, we will move on. We're going to go into our first of our improv games. Uh, so the first one here is called 10 things. So if you're not familiar, we're going to take terms prompting each other. We're going to give each other a prompt for a list of 10 things. Your job is then to try to create a list that makes sense, but immediacy is more important than accuracy. So a list that you come up with quickly is better in terms of the game than a list that makes a lot of sense, but takes longer. Uh, Mitch, you're the guest tonight. So do you want to go first in terms of prompting Chris and I, or would you like to go first in receiving a prompt? Oh, okay. Uh, so you want, okay, okay, okay. Um... I guess top weirdest TTRPGs. All right. So, so you want to prompt one of us. Yeah. And do you want to prompt me or do you want to prompt Chris? Uh, let's prompt, let's prompt Chris. All right. All right. Uh, say it again, please. Uh, weirdest TTRPGs. Oh, uh, okay. Um, that's a good one. Uh, the weird wars. One. That's a different one. Uh, oh God. Uh, Bugs life. Two. That's a strange one. GURPS. Three. You haven't played that one. Uh, uh there's a pokemon one that was really weird i can't remember the name of it but go with that uh let's see here uh michael's early version of action cinema 12, 12 All right. which i will go with uh the spooky tales six uh the drinking game seven i uh, will go with uh whatever jared's currently writing <laughs> eight I'm sure that's a little weird uh, things that should never come out of my head. Nine. And uh, things my wife won't let me talk about in public. Ten. Woo. Ten. That was, in fact, a list of 10 things. All right. So to keep the train rolling, you will now prompt me. All right. Uh, inspired by what we were talking about earlier with Johnny Depp's cologne commercial, mm-hmm. which I remember the name of it as Savage, uh-huh. which is a bad guy in Star Wars, which is why I thought it was funny. Um, so give me 10 uh, bad names for colognes. Um, stinky. One hot dog water, two, um, east or oh, post Easter eggs, three, um, old car smell, four, beat, five, ugh, ugh. butts, but with Six. like the umlaut over the U. This, um, French, <laughs> exactly. Um, Oh, uh, b- 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 Dracar Noir, because that's just terrible, anyways. Two, yep. Um, yep. seven sausage patties, eight. Um, navel lint, nine mucus, ten. Yay! Yay. That was, in fact, a list of things. Ten. So, yeah. Mitch is having an issue with the baby. 
Um, so we will have to vamp just a couple more minutes before, because I don't want to, don't want him to miss his turn. But if we have to, we will. We do have several people watching. So yes. thank you so very much. Those of you who already jumped into chat, really appreciate that. If there's a few people that are kind of new, this is Detention Live. We do it every other week on Wednesday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we try to have a guest on. We talk about what's going on in our lives. We usually talk about role-playing games, try to give some advice somewhere in the middle. Uh, we talk about monsters, maybe some ways that you can use them, uh, some fun ways we've used them in the past, and then we kind of wrap it up with audience questions. So that's kind of the way the show is structured. We usually go for an hour, hour 15. So that, that's kind of what you're in for if you want to stick around. I'd love for free to stick around. Lurking's fine, but I do like it when people jump into chat and interact with us because that's always fun. Um, so, Chris, talk a little bit about Redemption. So, final season has been started recording. Episode, and have you? First, you're episode. not done recording yet, though. Like you're releasing nope. episodes, but you're not okay. Yep. First episode came out Saturday, and then we're going to go back to our every other Monday. Um, it's to say it's going a little darker to start with okay. than we have okay. before. So, um, it's been good. We've been hitting some good beats uh this time we're trying something different so if you're a patron of ours you can actually join the discord chat with us and listen to the game and kind of i don't know, see how the sausage is made in a way mm. um here's a secret there's there's no real secret we just play <laughs> just play record it and then yeah. edit it um it's it's interesting to plan a, this game with an ending in sight instead i've always just kind of planned a season and gone eh, let's kind of go in this direction and see where we're going and then when the season ends i'm like awesome now i gotta think for a minute think about what we're gonna do next season to you know keep going and so now i've been doing a little more kind of backwards thinking of okay here's kind of how i want it kind of i how we kind of want it to end and how do i get back to where we are now so it's it's been a neat little uh, adventure and a neat little kind of a, I don't say an experiment learning experience for me do you um, have a idea of how many episodes will be in season eight eh. i don't like to i don't want to force the ending i want it to just be natural so when we get there we get there um, you know i'm thinking probably end of december was probably when we're going to be in ending the recordings but okay. again i don't want to just force it um you know it's not like i'm just gonna have vader drop out of the death star and just kill everybody right yeah <laughs> which i mean could be fun but i mean that would be an ending for sure it would be Excellent. Um, it would be even more fun to have the emperor jump out because they'd never expect an old I, guy to just start killing everybody that's right yeah yeah but we fun. can't we can't keep throwing old people at people <laughs> we're done <laughs> well this is still clone wars technically so actually this hasn't happened yet, hasn't yet. <laughs> all right so welcome back mitch totally understand <laughs> family comes first things happen no don't, don't ever need to apologize just jump off take care of yourself uh but it is now your turn to play the game so right. you are someone who is involved in the TTRPG scene. You've been, you know, helping other people, helping, you know, creating games. So we talk a lot on our Discord about licensed games, IP mm -hmm. games, the good and the bad, the ugly. A couple recently, Cowboy Bebop was on Kickstarter right now. Monty Python just hit. Uh, so give me 10 IPs that you would like to turn into an RPG. Oh, okay. Wakfu. Um Oh, uh, I would say um, Hellraiser, too. Uh, though I feel like there's already cult, so I, I don't know. Those those two kind of pair up. Um, the fact that they haven't touched Predator yet with Alien makes me Three. sad. 
Three. Um, Top Gun. Four. Four. If they did Power Rangers and uh, GI Joes, they need to bring Top Gun. Top Gun back. Um, who? Oh, this is where it gets hard. I feel. I mean, Stardust, the movie, um, really good. Um, probably my favorite fantasy. Um, I would say uh, the Devil I Saw Inside, the Devil I Saw Inside, or the Devil Inside, uh, which okay. is a Korean horror flick. Um, Ju On, aka The Grudge. Um, and Red Candle came out with a horror video game, which was really good. I forget the name, but it was like some, I think it was just Attention. Um, and then Doki Doki Literature. Nine? Get one more. Uh, Okay, one more. Um, ooh, Final Fantasy. Ten! Ten. Like, (laughs) like the fact that it hasn't been done yet astounds me. Like, it is pretty wild. Yeah. For me, my top two would be Wacky Races and Pirates of Dark Water. Chris, do you have anything? Uh, I'm sure there probably already is one of everything I would think of. Um, Fair enough. Uh, So, Remy, I did actually say hi to you. So, uh, yours got lost and I got lost. So, we both are lost, but we're both now found. So, we're good. In the room. Yes. All right. So, we're going to move into used books. Uh, We're going to do it a little bit differently tonight. Uh, Mitch wants to talk specifically about a program that he is, I won't say part of, but I actually think you're like the the leader of it. But it's the diversity sponsorship through the IDGN network, IGDN. Uh, So, tell us a little bit about what IGDN does, who's involved, and then how we can help specifically with this uh, diversity sponsorship. You're muted. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I I think like uh, the most important thing is that IGDN uh, is a development network that focuses on indie TTRPGs, board games, card games, uh, all the stuff that you would kind of see at a convention. And we've been going to conventions for for some time. Uh, currently, our president is Craig Campbell, uh, who does uh, and makes capers. Yep, friend uh, of the show, been on many times. Yeah really cool guy um and uh yeah the diversity uh sponsorship or really fundraiser is all pointed towards like supporting marginalized communities and getting them the money to get their uh book into the door so to speak um and so yeah yeah so we're, we're playing mute mute uh <laughs> mute mute tag totally fine yeah, I know. So, yeah, so, again, absolutely, you got to take care of your family, take care of things. Um, so, you know, Craig, obviously, again, friend of the show, been on mm-hmm. multiple times. We've helped support things that he's been doing here. Uh, he came to a catacomb a couple times, ran ran a you know, ran a vendor booth for us. Uh, we're running some of his games at a catacomb. Good strong hands, uh, die laughing. I know he's getting getting some play there, and um, certainly. You know, ID, IGDN is probably a, a place that Action 12 Cinema might find a home or might find some help and support in getting out. So I'm definitely a, a fan of what they do and um, hope we can support them. So I know a little bit about what Mitch is going to talk about. I by no means take what I say is, is the gospel, but essentially it's a period of time they're running a specific fundraiser right now where people can donate money and that money will be divvied out again to um, like diverse underrepresented TTRPG designers to help them get their products finished or get them to like a Kickstarter platform so that that they they can get finished. Uh, I believe 
wasn't Michael and Kaylee like on a charity stream with Craig just a couple of days ago for this? I think so. Yeah. I think they were doing something with Rook and Rasp maybe. Okay. Yeah. I think it was a Rook and Rasp channel, but they, they joined in as players. So I know they both were, you know, kind of hang out with them as well. Um, yep. So I know there's some charity streams going on where people can donate that kind of thing. Uh, but in general, um, people can just donate directly to the developer network right now, but is there a specific place or way or that would be easier, more beneficial for you guys? Yeah. I mean, uh, the GoFundMe page uh, works out perfectly uh, direct um, uh, donations as well. Um, <laughs> my, my kid was upset that he didn't know where to put his bottle and it's like, he always know where to put his bottle at except for <laughs> this moment. And it's like, I'm like, Riker, you just put it right there. Like you normally do. And he's like, Oh, okay. And then he puts it over. I'm like, you okay, buddy. And he's like, yeah, I'm okay. I'm like, Oh, okay. That's a lot. <laughs> That's a lot from you for, for like something very minuscule. Um, he knows what feels huh? like to be, he knows what it feels like to be a middle-aged man then. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Right. Go? Where like, go? Why did I come in here? Yeah. <laughs> Where are my glasses when they're up here? Why can't I find my glasses all the time? Yeah, yeah. my 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 four year old's like right there having a midlife crisis because <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was like, you know, maybe he's still hungry or or something. Uh, when I come down, he's like, I just where do you put the bottle away? And I'm like, it's right there, buddy, right back there on that table. I don't know what to tell you uh, to be a baby. Uh, a rough life <laughs> yep isn't it i mean oh man and also to be a a, a ttrpg developer with a kid because like peter pernusha who um used to do the conventions for igbn like he has a, a weeb um that we get to see every now and then uh which is always like really cool and it, it's like funny because i feel like a lot of people in the tt ttrpg like there are a lot of like stay at home parents and stuff like that who does like who also like do writing or, or layout uh, and stuff like that so i don't know it's just it's really interesting to see like the merger of the two <laughs> so i did throw a link to the gofundme in oh, awesome. um in the chat so it's in there now and another shout out to penny for a tale for following the channel thank you so much yes Yay, thank penny. you and we should probably warn you penny since you're new there are listener questions at the end. So yep. if you got something you want to ask us, fire away. <laughs> All right. So again, so I know you got a little bit um, disrupted. I tried to fill in with my very weak knowledge. So again, no, again I, I really give us appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, the fundraiser and the sponsorship is all about um, enabling people to get to the Kickstarter or to just print a game. Because people, I, I don't think, realize like, kickstarter sounds so cool because you're like all i have to do is just get in there and then i get my money um but it's not just to get the kickstarter you're going to be spending thousands of dollars uh just to get there uh between layout art like if if your ttrpg or or game and stuff doesn't have art if it doesn't have stuff to catch people's attention it's probably not going to get much traction on on kickstarter uh and if you're on kickstarter you want to make sure that you get as many eyes as possible. Um, and so the fundraiser does for no matter if you want to crowdfund it or you just want to get some samples or just get like some work done so that it it kind of helps you get to the process where there is a finished product for you. 
um, which, you know, is, is tough for a lot of individuals to do. I think we were talking earlier, um, uh, Michael, about like, you know, the, just the amount of money, like an art, right? Yeah. It's a lot. It and, is a lot. And you, you want, you want to pay your artists and, and you want to treat them right. And, yep. um, you, you want to make sure you got good quality as well. And so like the art in of itself ends up being uh, such a major contributor to the cost of bringing these things to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what, what the fundraiser does is just here is a sponsorship where we're going to help you provide providing mentorship from professionals in from IGDN. I know personally, um, I know I uh, was mentored and I didn't go through the same program. I just went through the mentorship program. Um, but I was mentored by Elizabeth, uh, who is head of Angry Hamster Publishing, who's about to do a Witcher second edition. Mm, nice. Um, and she provided me such amazing stuff. Like I learned so much. Uh, she, oh, it, it is great between like Excel sheets that help you finance the thing and figure out like where all your money's going, uh, to like page count counters and stuff like that. Like just these simple things that, that, because when you're creating a TTRPG, you're also like wearing all the hats, uh, which is a very unfortunate uh, side of it as well. Um, so any way that can kind of fill in those gaps, we, we try to do so at IGDN with the diversity sponsorship. Um, so it's really cool to see it happen this year again. In the past, we've given like the sponsorships to help people get to Metatopia, which is the, um, the convention where if you're a game designer, that, that's where you go to, to like... Mm-hmm get all sorts of feedback. Uh, and luckily it's like right near me too. So I went last year and got to like try out a couple of games and stuff and provide feedback. Um, so normally we do that. I mean, COVID the last couple of years has kind of prevented us and we wanted to focus on just directing the money to individuals so that you can get their game to the next stage. Um, though sometime in the future, we do hope to like get back or get them back to Metatopia by providing like a hotel uh, travel, all sorts of stuff. Um, to I'm a big believer in what Metatopia does, mm-hmm. but it's frustrating because they are almost always on the same weekend as a catacomb. <laughs> so we are constantly fighting for the same guests. Uh, yeah. We'll go to there or come, come to us. So um, while I'm sad that they're not having an in-person event this year, it's also nice that we are not competing with them this year because we are having an in-person event. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But I do, I mean, I, I know um, Vinny and Avi, they helped me with the catacomb through the uh, Envoy program. That's where we get all our play to win games. So they've been very supportive of me and I wish them nothing but the best. I just, I wish we weren't on the same weekend, but neither one of us can, can seem to move. It's just, that's the way the world works. Unfortunately. No, I, I feel like I, um, <laughs> I, I'm always frustrated with origins being so close to Gen Con. Cause it's like, I just went out West. I don't want to do it again. And then I passed the place. I just went to, <laughs> to get to gen con it's just like uh it, it messes with my mind um and freaks me out i just can't <laughs> funny. it's funny you said out west and it's indianapolis yeah i hey like... that that's <laughs> i the way i divide up america it's east coast west coast <laughs> and then the midwest is everything and everything between. else yep. yeah i just squish yep. it in there I'm all like, the flyover states exactly um, so again not to put you on the spot but can you oh, share do. any examples of like um success stories people who've, who've had been given a sponsorship in the past and have gotten a successful product launch yeah definitely so um i know uh an individual named jabari who is a really great uh artist uh but let me get some uh 
concrete names? Because I know we have a plethora of different individuals who've kind of gone through the process uh, and have able to like come out the other side with some with some really cool stuff um, that I'm really excited about. Um, so like first is, uh, and you can obviously find some of this information on our website too. Um, we have uh, uh, Alexa Faye McDaniel, uh, who is a, a Filipino-Canadian, um, wrote uh, Bolt, uh, The Four Elements, or BTFE, um, which is kind of about uh, dis- uh, dysphoria and reconnecting with your heritage. Um, I-, I remember uh, when uh, Bolt, came out uh the engine and stuff and and so it was really cool to see especially like before avatar um so that was really fun to see you can find that them on uh twitter at lexi like bottom score the bottom score fay uh and check out what they're up to now um another individual we have because i i know uh helena real um is a chilean uh writer editor and translator um did like uh written a lot for like magpie games um especially like their work with uh bluebeard's bride and some of the seven c books like the second edition ones which oh i need to play more of um so those are are a few of them um nice and and yeah it's just like every year being able to to see more individuals uh become a part of it uh and, and people like like Camden Wright, like 2017 Camden Wright, um, who uh, I, I remember doing a, a lot of stuff uh, in in the um, in the TDRPG industry. I mean, going back to to Jabari, uh, the last name initial M, um, they did the art for the Seven C Tarot deck, um, which is like, <laughs> and, and they live uh, uh, pretty close by me too, which is, is really cool. Just like just the fact that like the world is like smaller than you think uh, mm-hmm. it is um especially in the ttrpg industry and watching uh these people have a chance to to make something cool despite like all the hurdles of yeah. of uh ttrpg and board games and stuff like that because there are a heck of a lot of hurdles um, oh, I, you know, I know not to make it all about me, but Action Twelve Cinema, I've been working on it for years. And yeah, yeah, yeah. You, so you know I, how it is. I know exactly how it is. So I have posted in our in our chat the link to the sponsorship GoFundMe as well as to the um, IGDN website. Um, so how would someone apply? Like, do you have to be part of the program? Like, if I if you have someone listening who's like, I I need that help, I I would qualify. What do they need to do to, to have a chance of getting some of the yes. funds? So um, right now we close our applications, unfortunately, like last week. Uh, we had about, I believe, 35 uh, individuals who applied. And what we do is we kind of figure out how much money we have and figure out like the best deal we can give to X amount of people. And then we go through the applications and and try to funnel the money where it's most needed. Uh, but we do this every year. So even if you uh, apply this year uh, and we don't choose you, but uh, you can always go again next year and, and apply again. Uh, or if you are like, yeah, I'm working on my uh, my game right now. And that sounds like it would be very helpful for me next year. Um, then you start working on it. Now you apply uh, quarter three of next year and then you have like the funds to finalize it. 
uh, and to really like get it done. I, I really love that aspect of it because I think anyone creating TTRPGs needs a deadline so that they're like, okay, there it is. And that helps with the application mm-hmm. too, is being like, there is some stuff and I want to complete it. Um, we kind of tend to focus on, on those because yeah, they, they've done the work and, and it's like, they just need a little bit, a little bit of push uh, in the finances to, to finish it up and get it to the next stage. Um, and so the applications are usually much stronger if you like, if you're willing and able to, to complete that uh, instead of like, I might have, or I have an idea and I've yet to put it down on the paper really. And I want to explore it with, with these funds. Um, so, yeah. Oh, deck builders are, are fun. I, uh, <laughs> my, my, my TTRPG necrobiotic is a, a deck builder TTRPG. Um, oh, nice. And I know Parslings by Spongy Games is another one. I'm, I'm a huge fan of card TTRPG systems in general. So Nice. So <laughs> you said that Q3 is when the applications will come open again. So mm-hmm. if someone, again, wants to apply, I'm sure there's a process, but is it a matter of like, like is it in like buckets, like an artist, a designer type of thing? Or do you like, here's, here's what I have. So like, how do you show that you've gotten so far? What does that look like? If you don't mind sharing? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, it's just kind of like, um, can you provide us like documents? Like, um, can you be like, Hey, I have like this much written or I have like a pitch deck. Um, I have like a general artist that I have been using or really want to use. Um, just kind of like the the beginning skeleton of what will be a TTRPG is, is usually really helpful. Whether you put it in as like a Google Doc or a Drive or uh, a Dropbox, just having like a, a singular location where you've kind of organized all your thoughts so that we can look at it and be like, oh, this person's like, hey, they're they're really close, or they're at the beginning of something wonderful. You know, they have like the the foundation there. They got some of the walls up. They just need like a really good coat of paint and like some some nice. Uh, I guess uh, oh, I'm trying to. I don't know why I did construction uh, <laughs> metaphors. I've I've never done it, but you know, just just good solid wood for the it's construction. It's got good bones. Yeah, yeah. There's a it's a good house here. It, it will last some time um but yeah it's just um uh, showing that you know you your idea has um become more than than just a, a whisper and I, I think uh I was reading a book where uh so where someone equated like you know the most prized ideas as being like something that could just be blown away real quick and it's something sometimes people don't say it at all Mm. uh because the moment it hits like reality it it kind of falls apart um and i think this is kind of a way for people to be like okay if i decide to breathe this out and i decide to pursue this whether it be a deck builder or a board game or anything like that um this is the way that I can start and complete it. Um, and I, I think that in of itself um, is really cool because anyone just starting, um, they can think like, I want to do itch.o or, or maybe like a drive through or something like that. But even getting to that point is going to cost some money. So just the fact that there's a way for you to get to that point, there, there is an avenue for you to go, I have an idea. Um, I know I don't have the funds completed, but there is an avenue uh, for me to to do that. Um, and especially like people from all over the world uh, get to participate and um, create something awesome with it. Um, so yeah, it's, and you don't have to be a part of IGDN. 
we give like a, a free year membership. So you get to use like all of our resources, our discords, um, a lot of uh, professionals who will help you out. And then you can also uh, with the membership as well, like bring your book or have your book brought to conventions. Uh, I think that's kind of like one of the things that a lot of IGDN members don't realize is you can be like, hey, warehouse and bring my book to cons, uh, especially for people who like don't have enough money to go to conventions because it's expensive. Uh, and I think for more, most TTRPGs, like even Pathfinder, um, you go there for marketing, not necessarily to make money because it's mm. between conventions and traveling and hotel. It's very expensive. Uh, and so just being able to be like, here's my books, spread the word. Uh, it's really cool support system too. Yep, very much so. So Chris, do you have any questions for Mitch? I think you explained it really well. Like I, I understand it completely. The house really, right? The house metaphor really got yeah, it. Like it yeah. sold it. I was crystal clear. Yeah, paint nails somewhere. Yeah. Appeal. yeah, it all makes sense. <laughs> uh, so I assume that you can donate any amount to the mm-hmm. GoFundMe. Are there anything like like are there pledge levels? Like if I donate 50 bucks as the person donating, do I get anything in return? Or is there any sort of like, uh, you know? So we do have a special thank you and, and such like that for uh, the GoFundMes. Uh, and we're looking into the future about other things we can uh, kind of provide as thanks. Um, and so for, for that in something physical, I would love to provide every GoFundMe uh, based on a certain tier. Um, but yeah, I uh, <laughs> this is my first... Um, uh, time where I'm in the seat and I've, I've kind of helped out before, uh, in some IGD and positions, but now that I'm here, I really want to make it something cool and unique and, and special to people. Um, this year, uh, we're, we're doing some awesome things, but man, next year is going to be even more amazing. Uh, and we plan to really kick it up a notch and, uh, yeah, really, really make it a thing. Cause I want people to like associate, like, the scholarship with everything awesome and cool and like with the new biggest games because we people decided to give and give uh, people a chance to make something wonderful. Very cool. So I'm looking on the GoFundMe right now. It looks like you're at three thousand dollars currently. There's a, a goal of five thousand. Yeah. Is there, a, is there a time frame? Is this open ended or does this? Yeah. So we, in the next three to four weeks, we will be uh, finalizing the number as well as the applicants. Uh, So you can probably expect like uh, the sponsorship to go on like just around Christmas because obviously donations shoot up the closer you get to to Christmas as people feel like uh, being in a more giving mood. Um, So yeah, probably definitely around then. So I definitely like, even if it's just like $10 or 15 or anything like that, pop it in there. Uh, You'll make someone's day. uh, I promise you. And I know uh, at the least you will get a personal thank you from me. Uh, That's, that's going to be worth something. That's right. And I can see several Rook and Rasp, uh, the charity stream, like they, they're the notes in the donations. That's, that's where they came from. So I I don't know if there's any more of those. I assume there's some more coming, if not from Rook Mm -hmm. and Rasp, but other where. Yeah, definitely. I, I think uh, in our local uh, game store, we're doing a little fundraiser coming up in uh, November. Um, and yeah, just working with other streams to be like, this is a great opportunity for maybe you to tell your people or uh, the the people who follow you to be like, this is, this is the way. That's right. So thank you for sharing again, anyone listening now or in the future. It's a, 
it's a very great organization. Um, again, it's one that I will probably be leveraging soon myself. Yeah. So <laughs> if you have a couple extra bucks, please consider a donation there. I mean, I know everybody title money, it's a thing, but if you have it to spare and you're looking for a place to go, you could do worse than supporting this, this uh, organization. Exactly. I'm not going to say on stream that maybe not paying your taxes, but instead <laughs> paying it through here is the best way of use of your money. But I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, I mean, we're not, not saying that, right? Yeah. We're not, not saying. We're just, All right. <laughs> so we're going to move into uh, our next improv game. This is where have my fingers been? This is everyone's favorite. Oh my God. Part of the game. And that's where we're going to prompt each other in turn to create a short scene involving two or more. If you get froggy and you want to bring in a third, that's on you. Characters to interact in that short scene. Um, it's best if you have a beginning, middle, and end to tell your story. I often leave at least one of those out because I think it's funny. Uh, so Mitch, you were once again, are the, the special guest co-assigned. So do you want to go first in terms of prompting Chris or I to go first with the, the puppeteering? Or do you want to receive a prompt from one of us first? Uh, I'm going to make, uh, can I make Michael do uh, Pulp Fiction? Well, you can, but I have to sing the song first. Yep. All right, so, do it, do it. All right, so where have my fingers been? I said, where have my fingers been? That was brilliant. <laughs> All right, I got to time the scene. Yep, so tell me my scene here. Pulp Fiction, uh, the, 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 the most famous scene, uh, Samuel Jackson. Mm -hmm. So I, I will say, cool, side tangent, for a while I was working on a short um where they did the do you know what they call a big mac in paris but it was role-playing games like do you know what they call pathfinder and i had i had a whole thing worked out but i never finished it anyway you should do you read the bible brad you see there's this passage i got memorized ezekiel 25 17 the right oh shit i just forgot it the path of the righteous <laughs> man is beset on all sides by the iniquity now Oh my God! I I know that entire quote, and it's just gone out of my brain. Look, the the best part is is you know the next part where he's like he goes, you know say what I've been, I've been saying that shit for years, <laughs> but the truth is, uh, you know I'm, I'm losing here. He goes, I want to believe that I am the the and the truth is I'm the tyranny of evil men, and you are the weak. But I'm trying to be the righteous man. I'm still screwing it up. I'm trying real hard, Ringo. I've screwed up. That's one figure. I'm so disappointed in myself. Like no, my I, entire I, life led to that moment. Yeah, and I, I, I dropped it. Look, it, it. It's better than a remake. Okay. Well, okay I don't know about that. Oh my god! Can, trying real can hard I like to be the throw shepherd. one to to Chris because I, I think this one would be good. I'm just I'm, gonna... we can do whatever we want here. Sure. Sing yeah. song real quick. All right. Yeah, yeah. Go for it. Where have my fingers been? I said, where have my fingers been? All right. Um, was it Country of Old Men? Um, is that the title of the movie? No Country for Old Men. No Country for Old Men, the gas station scene. Never seen it. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, all right. Let's go fix that right now. Do we have? <laughs> That's a really good movie. You definitely two, should see two hours. I'll write it down. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, Event Horizon. So you can, uh, it doesn't have to be a movie scene. Like you can just make up like you make your two fingers in line to see Black Adam. Like it doesn't have Ooh, to be. Okay. Okay. Cool. 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 Oh, um, you are, are two individuals. One likes Pathfinder. The other likes D&D &D, and it's Twitter. Go. Nice. Whew. Really? 
you know, they're just reskinning everything that they did before. Oh, really? You're talking about reskinning something that somebody else has done? Have you read your rules? Well, at least my rules make sense and are consistent. Yeah, but you guys spent hours arguing about them. So do you. No, we don't. Yes, you do. No, we don't. Yes, you do. No, we don't. Yes, you do. Look, let me look at page seven and you tell me what that rule says. Uh, it's actually page nine, idiot. What? I'm done with you. That's where my fingers have been. And, uh, the hard part is figuring out which one was which the one is which. Yeah, like that was my favorite part is that he didn't qualify that. Yeah, that's 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 tough. It was like those at the SNL skit, like which ones uh or can can you name figure out if they're a Republican or a Democrat? <laughs> <laughs> they they did that sketch. That was hilarious. Uh, all right, so give, Chris, give one. You want to pro- so you've got to sing the song first. All right, well, what is it? Where, where have my fingers have my been? Fingers I said, where have my fingers been? Fingers bed. Where have my fingers been? Where have my fingers been? Whoop, whoop. All right, all right. Do, do Chris, stuff you with my fingers. Uh, uh, we're all role players, so we'll keep it kind of easy. Uh, your goblins that have actually won a fight. Oh, okay, all right. Holy, holy heck, Mark, we we did it. What do you mean? Well, he's not he's not sleeping. I do believe your last axe to the face did did kill them. No, no, certainly he's he's sleeping, right? That's they don't heroes don't die. They 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 get back up. They they win the day. They they slaughter us by the thousands. No, Jeff, I I'm pretty sure. Look, look, his brain's leaking out. He's dead. What does that mean for us? I don't know, but maybe we could finally live the life that we've always wanted to. Freedom, freedom at last, but at what cost? <laughs> and that's where your that's fingers, fingers are bent. <laughs> Yay! Awesome. I'm, so, I'm so disappointed in myself. Anyway, I'm gonna watch Pulp Fiction tonight. I'm gonna yeah, stay yeah, yeah. Oh my god! Uh, look, so, you need to find right. Samuel and you need to hang out with him for a night, oh, uh, and then watch Pulp Fiction. And I, then I think you'll be ready. I'll, I'll be ready. Yeah, because I get made fun. My wife makes fun of me because I actually would like watch that scene over. And I I had memorized that entire quote so I could just drop it in at random times. And the one time in my life when I was called upon <laughs> in front of everyone, the in internet, front of the world, forever so, like cemented. Um, damn it! All right. So moving into the last section of the show, this is cryptozoology. This is where we talk about a monster. It's usually related to D&D, but not always. Um, we talk about ways that we have used this monster in role-playing games if we have, and if not, maybe we brainstorm some ways that we could use it in a game in the future. Uh, Mitch, you are the guest tonight. What monster do you want us to talk about? Yeah, so one of my favorite monsters that have come out within the last, I think, 10 years has been the monster from the movie It Follows. Uh, and It Follows uh, follows uh, this young woman uh, who has sex with an individual and has this uh, almost like this monster-esque STD pass to her in that no matter where she's at, there is a spirit or they never define it at all. They don't even call it a name, but there is something that is walking towards you that wants to kill you. And it could take on any appearance. So if you're in the mall, it could be anyone walking towards you. And sometimes it takes the appearances of friends or family to get closer to you. And once it does it physically kills you. Um, No one else can see it. Um, 
And the only way to prevent it from killing you is then by having sex with someone else and passing this to someone else, uh, much like, you know, uh, the ring did with the videotapes. Mm-hmm. Um, I absolutely adored that movie just because of the anxiety that must induce in a person not knowing if you can sleep at night because this thing is just walking towards you at all times and not knowing like is that your friend walking towards you or is it someone else Uh, i also feel like that's not the best environment to want to have a sexual relation with someone you know yeah (laughs) hard to get ready when you're like terrified yeah exactly it's like uh, yeah i mean it starts off with uh, the guy um uh kind of developing a relationship with the young woman and then having sex and then like showing her like look i am very sorry about this whole thing but i'm gonna tell you what the person who did this to me never did and that's like this is it and they like look through the window and they see like this uh, this naked old woman walking down the sidewalk towards the abandoned abandoned house at their end um, and being like, this is, this is real. And you need to understand that this is real because I was never told this. Um, and so, yeah, it was just like, it was explained perfectly at the beginning where they're like, these are the rules of, of this thing. And then they stuck with it and it was just, oh, it's creepy. So to jump slightly sideways just for a second, I don't, did you watch the movie Truth or Dare? Came out, I think, three or four oh, um, yes. Uh, if we're thinking about the same one, which I think we are, because it had a similar sort of setup where there's like a group of kids at like a, I don't think a castle or something, and they were they're they're all hanging out, and there's one guy who just sort of met a girl at the bar and is hanging out with them, and he's like, hey, we should play truth or dare, and you figure out quickly his whole reason to be there was to pass the curse on to them, and he's like, sorry, mm. as soon as he's as soon as he did, he jets because now same thing, it's like sorry but i needed to pass this to you so that i don't die and then he you know gtf those so it kind of a similar setup there so how do you think we could translate this and now again it doesn't have to be D, but we often circle around that because it's you know the most known game yeah but in a, a ttrpg how do we because uh, this feels more like a curse i think yeah than, than like a monster we would fight because i don't think you can beat this with like swords and magic it's it seems nope. like yeah and, and is the only way to beat it to pass it along and that's not truly beating it or would in a ttrpg would you want there to be a way that you could actually win and stop it yeah i think that's like uh like one of the interesting things is in the movie they try to kill it and uh you know spoilers it doesn't work um and so yeah i think it would just be a curse so the monster really is just like this byproduct of this curse um and so you could you know like any d20 system it would i think be perfect as like a a modified disease uh or a poison or something like that um and if you didn't i don't you i think it'd be very hard to deal with the sexual aspect of it in uh in like a your own home game um and so what i would do was instead be like you know wisdom saving throws uh by being uh around an individual who has this curse um and whoever like fails their wisdom saving throw then the curse bounces to them uh and so you could give it to someone else by being around them uh until they fail their their wisdom saving throw um and then just have like this unkillable monster who continues to track you down uh i think the fun part would be um so you could either solve it um 
but I don't think that's as fun. I think the best way to do it would be to find someone to pass it on to and always uh, remind the player that like, you have no idea if that person was killed and then the curse goes back to the next person who had it and then just keeps going down the line. Right, so that know. was actually my because I haven't seen the movie. So like if I get the curse and I can't pass it on and I die, that that's not the end of the curse. It, it, yeah, continues, it just, it just keeps works going backwards. down the line. Yeah. Yeah. So you never know like uh, when uh, it could come back. Yeah. Uh, and I think they did that with the ring as well. Like in the later movies where they were like, this is how you beat it. And they like continue to like share uh, the video around to all these people. Uh, but then all it takes is one person to forget or one person to mess up. And then it just starts coming back and everyone is suddenly freaking out because they don't remember like when or who they pass it on to. And when that little girl's about to come It's like a chain TV. letter from the eighties. Yes. Oh, this has found you well. If you don't <laughs> send this to eight people. Yeah. All right. So Chris, um, so think about your history of role-playing games. Have you ever played in a game or ran a game that had any sort of situation like this? And again, it doesn't be exactly the same, but a sort of like unkillable force curses that can be bounced around like is, is that something you've played with in the past uh, the closest is what oh, what i used to call it a, a geese mm. geese however whatever that spell yeah that weird would, word they throw in yeah everybody <laughs> argue about how it was said um I, you know i've had a character that had that where you had to continue your mission and you couldn't stop uh nothing quite as serious as you'll die if you don't do it but mm-hmm. you know a lot of other penalties um I mean, I know how I would solve it. I would, you know, you just said that it appears as, you know, oh, it could be your best friend. I'd be like, okay, cool. I know Michael's in Kentucky. All of a sudden he shows up at my house. Cool. <laughs> Guess what, Curse? I'm blam, passing, blam. The cur- yep, passing the curse on to you, buddy. <laughs> you know, um, like, peace. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think that you could easily put it in a game in a different way. Just oh, give, it a, give it an item. Ooh. You're sitting that would be cool sitting around playing poker your character wins but doesn't really win you know maybe he gets a ring from somebody or something like that and now the ring is what actually has to be passed or a poker chip or gold or whatever yeah and and you could make it where it's easily to defeat it by you just have to find a way of destroying the item which would then free the creature I, i would play it you know i'd probably play it like a shadow of the demon lord type game that's yeah designed to be that horror um but I would go tragic with it. Like the creature that's there, all it sees is its captor and it's mm. driven to kill its captor because it thinks it'll be freed. Not realizing that, you know, again, I'm going to use a poker chip kind of as the idea that that's, what's actually the cap keeping it locked in. Yeah. This plane. And I, I really liked, like, if you go that route, um, you know, they could find like, uh, uh, you know, like five platinum, right. Well, one of those, mm. like, uh valued coins where it equals like a lot of gold uh and then the the characters sell it off and like the only way to stop the curse is to get those platinum coins back and so when they're all excited to have this cool armor and stuff they're like you're gonna have to find that platinum those platinum coins and return them I mean, it uh, comes like a pirates of the caribbean situation exactly like you gotta exactly. get all of them back not just four of five you gotta get all <laughs> yeah, five all of them and i think it makes sense to make it something less valuable like a like a I get the idea of it being platinum because you you buy cool stuff, but if you make it like a copper, you could see that like you could have that for oh a long my. time. Like every time they go to a tavern, you might roll, you know, like a D one hundred, and they 
they don't use it or they do spend it. Yeah, yeah, that that would be really cool too. Because then you could like, uh, it would be one of those slow burns where you roll it every time, and they're wondering why you're rolling. Yeah, why are you like, like, yeah, six sessions later, you're like, all right, now's the time, and they're wondering what what during the last six sessions did they uh, did they find this excitement? Uh, you could also do the thing where they come into it in the middle. So like they come into a small like village and everyone's dead, you know, mm. un, like an unexplained sort of thing. And then like they find, you know, looks like people were playing poker. There's money still on the table. Do they claim it? Like there's the mystery of like, why are all these people dead? Because the curse passed around the village. You know, you have people maybe like locked in rooms that are locked, but then they're still dead. So how did that happen type of a thing? Oh, so good. That could be like a good mystery investigation. Chris, did you have something else? I was just, playing off what you're saying I mean, imagine if you have a party that has a paladin and the paladin knows he passed the curse on i mean now his quest is going to be to to do that almost every game i've ever played and if somebody's playing a paladin somebody's playing the thief that wants to mess with them yeah so you know with your story you know you walk in everybody's dead the paladin's gonna say that's not our money we should figure out the tragedy meanwhile the thief's gonna pocket a few things and now he's got the curse and now you guys have to deal with it. Now the paladin gets to yell at him, like, see, this is what happens <laughs> when right. you don't honor the dead. Hands to yourself. Which that could be a slow burn too, because you, you could play many different now the now the group gets attacked by a bunch of undead. And they're like, Oh, you want you know, you you free the undead, and you're like, Well, actually, no, you're just in a graveyard. Like Yeah. That has nothing to do with the coin, and you can bring that back. Um I mean, there's a lot of ways yeah i love that slow burn aspect of it because uh it feels like you as a gm like you get to really implement something cool by like having these mini fun episodes and stuff but then like this thing that's slowly building over mm-hmm. it um yeah that, that sounds really fun uh, from it, it, as a player and gm's perspective you could even do it where you kind of build it up almost like the players just have really bad luck but every time they go into a place and tragedy happens the creature gets stronger and stronger mm-hmm. so it's like a like a, a i don't know an energy leech for lack of a better term i can't think of a good term for it yeah but, and that hey, there's your slow build as it builds up until finally they're like oh my god it's been the paladin's you know sword the whole time you know yes. they don't know it or you know michael's favorite d12 is actually the the cursed that's item not, that's right <laughs> Yeah. I am thinking of like trying to twist it a little bit to make it like, how can we make this kind of like a humorous thing? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the two, thing I'm, two things I'm thinking of is um, you, your quest then becomes to find that atypical or oh, sorry, stereotypical bard. Because if you can pass that to them, they're seducing everything. So yeah, yeah, like, like it, it, <laughs> it, it takes care of it. It's like you're, the whole planet's going to be spread. Or yeah. you get that bard who's like, okay, I'm going to seduce the dragon. Mm-hmm. Because I want this curse to try to kill that red dragon. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's not <laughs> just like funny. Awesome. It's like, okay, I actually have to do the thing because you <laughs> seduce the most powerful creature or object that you can. Or you could even do a thing where maybe there's like more than one of these creatures and you play it from the creature's point of view. Ooh. So it's like, how are you, like, what are you disguising yourself as? Like, you know, what are you doing? How are you getting close to your victims? And you could do it almost sort of like in a funny sort of way, like, hey, I'm going to be his grandma. Check this out. And, the, you know, <laughs> go to the window. Like, Bam. Yeah. Bam, dead. So uh, that could be fun. Uh, I definitely think Dread would work for definitely for like a one-shot version yeah, of this. Definitely. Uh, you know, very much uh, teens dying around Crystal, Camp Crystal Lake sort of a thing. I think Shadow of the Demon Lord would probably fit very well for a game mm-hmm. that's like a sustainable game where you are trying to actually eventually get out of it. Cult. Um, 
Always. I'm not familiar with that one. Cult, in my eyes, is the most horrific TTRPG on the market. Okay. Um, K-U-L-T? Uh, K-U-L-T, yeah, yeah. yeah. It first I think came I saw out, a Gizmodo article about that recently. Yeah, it came out in the 90s in Sweden, and then they read, uh, Helmgast redid it recently. Um, and yeah, whenever I'm at conventions, I yell over at the Free League people, like, hey, we actually got a horror game. I know you have, like, Alien, but that's kind of, like, action you know, like, I don't know if it's horror, yeah, like, not it's, really. it's like kids horror, uh, but if you want real horror, you, you go cult. Um, okay. And so, yeah, it's just like influences from definitely Hellraiser. So the art in of itself is horrific um, and it definitely touches on a lot of mature themes. And it's just, it's one of those games where it weighs on you, uh, but in the best ways, if you really enjoy horror uh, and I really, really enjoy horror. Nice. Wow, it's rougher than Shadow of the Demon Lord. That's all right. Yep, yep, yep. Way rougher than Shadow of the Demon Lord. Wow, Shadow of the Demon Lord has some weird spells. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and some weird splat books. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was right. playing an evil character, and I remember it. It got very weird. Very, very weird. Yes. It's... So we will uh, wrap things up there. So we're going to move into our, the final segment, which is our uh, audience Q&A. We do still have several people watching. If anybody has any questions for any of us, making them game related makes sense, but they don't really have to be. We, we reserve the right not to answer something if we don't feel comfortable, but uh, we'll give you a chance to think of some. Uh, we know there's a little bit of a delay. So while we will wait for any questions to pop in one more time around the horn, everybody can um you know, give your social medias and kind of restate plug stuff. So I'll start with you, Mitch. Where could people find you? Once again, where should they go to help support your organization? Yeah, definitely. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Mitch Espustios. Um, that's where you'll find me doing all my shenanigans. You'll next find me at PAX Unplugged uh, on my own booth while I will be releasing Necrobiotic, which was kickstarted last year. And now we're on back to hit about to uh, print off. Um nice. IGDN, uh, you can go to our website, uh, IGDN.com, and you'll be able to find all sorts of information about the different stuff we have to help out new creators. Uh, even if you're just doing, if you're doing board games or card games or TTRPGs, whatever, uh, anything you could bring to uh, Origins or Gen Con, you can come and uh, help get it made uh, with us. Uh, and so it's just a lovely uh, support network for developers. Fantastic. Yes. Chris? Uh, before I forget, I wanted to say this. I forgot about it earlier. Uh, last attention, David was on, and for life, I can't remember his last name. Um, but he brought up the five senses thing that he's using for DMing. I used that last game and knocked it out of the park. So, nice. David, oh, yeah. thank you very much for giving me a new toy to play with. Um, but online, uh, easiest to find me is on Twitter. It's uh, Burlu underscore Chris. Uh, I check it maybe every other day. Not the best at social media, but uh, I usually get back to people within a couple of days, unless I'm on vacation slash holiday, then good luck getting a hold of me because I'm usually in the woods somewhere. Yep. Uh, you can find me, of course, at the RPG Academy. Uh, everything I do can be found over there, other than I do have a Smallville podcast, Farm to Fable. So if you're into the 2000 era CW of Smallville, Clarkville, Clark show, uh, we just started season five recording. They're going to start coming out soon. Having a lot of fun with that. Um, and then a catacon basically two weeks from tomorrow, we will be gathering in Dayton, Ohio for a weekend of 
gaming goodness. And I hope a lot of people will come check us out. The Kickstarter did very well. We're doing well on badge sales. We're pretty much on target to hit our numbers. I, you know, more is better, but I think we're in really good shape to have a successful year. So that really excites me. All right, so we have a couple questions. So Remy asked specifically about a game I'm working on. It's probably gonna be the next actual play that I start. It's gonna be um, sort of Dark Tower-ish inspired. Uh, and I'm gonna be using Savage Worlds. So actually today I was rereading the Savage Worlds rules. I'm still doing some mental game development, trying to come up with some stuff. So probably after a catacon, I'm going to start reaching out and asking for players who want to submit character ideas. And then probably early next year, hoping to get that out. Uh, Brodebush wanted to ask, uh, we usually play RPGs, but what are some of our favorite board games? So Mitch, are you a board gamer as well? Yeah, yeah. Um, the latest ones I've played that I've really enjoyed are Aquatica. Um I'm always a huge fan of Machi Koro, and they just released the sequel, I think, this year, Machi Koro 2, uh, and I've been loving the the new rules and stuff like that. Um, Bang is also one of my favorites, <laughs> um, just hella fun. Um, and then after that, I would say, I mean... Gloomhaven, right? That's, <laughs> that, that, that's it, uh, and I can't wait for Frosthaven too, so yeah. <laughs> All right, Chris, what about you? Whew, uh, question was just a few, so I'll try to keep it to just a few. Yeah. Um, I'm a big Zombicide fan. Mm. St- still waiting for my Marvel Zombies to show up. First wave is supposed to be here this month, I think. This month. I got that retail month. edition. I'll have it at a Catacon so we can play it nice, there. Nice. I want my Kickstarter one, though, that has all the extra stuff. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of my favorites, and I actually am going to run it at a Catacon, and I'm thrilled that it sold out uh battlestar galactica the board game mm-hmm. i love the games where you have to try to figure out who's who and in that one you're the cylon or a human you have to kind of figure out who's which side and um try to figure that out and, and i really like those games you know it's not not for everybody i know not everybody wants to spend three hours trying to figure out michael are you a cylon mitch are you a human i'm human but, i'm a cylon yeah i'm so, always yeah, yeah. Um, i'm outnumbered then um I enjoy those games. Uh, bangs, you know, like you said, I enjoy that. Um, I enjoy that one just because it's kind of a fun, not technically screw your neighbor, but kind of a fun. Shoot who your cares? neighbor. Yeah, who cares if you win or lose? It's yeah. a lot of just luck, luck of the dice. The fact that um, you can drink beer to heal uh, is also like yes. right on point. Yeah, we have three or four expansions because for a while we were playing it on a regular basis with friends. Yeah. Um, I enjoy just any kind of game that gets just a group of people together and we can just hang out and just have a good time. And I've gotten away from a lot of the competitive games and a lot more to just the co-op games. Um, I think Michael and I, I think, I think it's kind of a tradition of ours. Every time we get together, we have to play Hanabi. Yep. That is my favorite game. Yep. So we play that. The mind is a big fun, fun one. Ooh, the mind. I really love that one. Yeah. That's a really fun one. The mind makes me angry. But it's also yeah. one of the fun, most fun games to play because I'm like, this is just a deck of cards one to a hundred. It shouldn't be this fun. Like yeah, you should be ashamed like, of yourself for creating it, but yet you're a genius for doing so. And really easy to get into as well. Yeah. So it's just like yeah, this is this is how you get it. It's it's really easy. But yeah, the fact that they made money on it also, it's like, oh god, I wish I would have thought of that. I know. <laughs> See, I guess I'll wrap up with this. To me, the the my favorite game is more who's in the room with me and what do they think they're going to have the most fun with? Right. You know, my wife's not a fan of let's play one game for six hours where I'm fine. Let's, let's 
tear the whole bed, you know, room apart. Let's have a huge map and let's play for six, eight hours. But she wants to play something a little shorter. So, you know, okay, that's more fun for her and some friends. So, you know, kind of whatever's going to make everybody happy. So, yeah. Michael, I know you, you only have a couple games. Yeah, I, I played the same ones over and over and over. I, do, <laughs> I truly love Hanabi. I mean, yes. as no lie, it is my favorite game. I absolutely love playing it. I'm also more into the, into cooperative games because I play with my kids a lot and it's just easier for us not to be. Yeah. Uh, so Marvel Legendary is mm, probably the one I play more one. than anything else. Uh, it's, you know, it's a co-op deck builder. Uh, we played the DC version, which is competitive, but there's a co-op mode. Me and Chris and some other people played that online tabletop simulator quite a lot. Uh, the wife doesn't like games nearly as much as I do, but she likes Pandemic, so we play that a lot. She likes Splendor, we play that, and she actually likes Zombicide. She she really likes that mm. one. So um, we got that Marvel. They have the retail edition of the Marvel Zombicide, so I got that, and we played it a couple times. She liked it more than the kids. Like I really thought this was gonna be, a, you know, knock it out of the park, and the, both the kids were like, "Man," and I was like, let's, "We should do this, ch- change this, and replay the ending because we lost the first time." She's like, mm-hmm. "If we go back to this moment, let's try it the other way." So I think that's another one that we'll see a lot of. Uh, yeah. non-competitive i betrayal on the house on the hill I've, I've, i haven't played it a lot but i enjoy it every time uh formula day or d the big race car game roll the dice i play that with the kids and have a lot of fun but really marvel legendary and hanabi those are the two games if you want to play i'll play oh that blockbuster movie trivia game it's oh so much yeah fun. yeah that is such a great i love i'm a movie guy obviously i like trivia games and you know it's competitive well, and you obviously get to not a out. cult fiction guy i, I f that up. i'm so mad at myself <laughs> Um, just go back and like re re-record over. I know. I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna I'm gonna cut Samuel L. and I'm just edit that into yeah, this yeah. episode. Uh, all right. So thank you for the question, Broda Bush. They actually had another one. So RPG related, they say I come from D and D, Legend of the Five Rings, Pathfinder 3.5, and I've tried other systems with my group. And there are some systems that they're just not sure about. How do you ease new people into something that isn't as mainstream as some of the others? Uh, so Mitch, you probably have more experienced than either of us. So what's your go-to strategy for introducing a group? Maybe someone who is somewhat reluctantly trying other games to, to make it easier to get them introduced to something new. Yeah. I, I think like finding games where there's a lot of um, really cool materials to bring them into one of the, the TTRPGs that I think does it the best is city of mist. Uh, and City of Mist is done by Son of Oaks, uh, Mitt Moshe, uh, and they recently just got, uh, I think they have like a cyber type uh, punk game in that system, as well as um, uh, like a Sentai, like um, uh, TTRPG as well. Uh, and, and so like the pre-generated characters come in these cool, like unfoldable, almost posters. And I put them up as posters sometimes too, because they are gorgeous uh you put that in front of someone and then they'll be like yeah i want to play this and it, it's just powered by the apocalypse just with some extra uh, or i guess different steps um so it's also a really easy system to go with so definitely games with a lot of material support will do a great job and like uh the the more you can do to divert someone's eyes from the system and instead to the story and the themes and stuff like that the more successful you will be um so definitely stuff like that. I know Delta Green does a good job with some of its uh, one shots uh, where you can like print off like uh, a lot of the uh, materials for the game so that people can like touch and look at the dead body pictures and the weird occulty stuff. Uh, Invisible Sun did a great job with uh, a lot of their like in-character secrets and um, really cool character sheets as well as like the physical um 
uh, objects that were part of the game that you could bring in for the players. Um, so yeah, definitely like find a game with good materials. Uh, if there isn't a game with good materials, uh, spend some time making your own. Uh, I've done like for 7C, I know I did like a couple of like coffee stained paper and uh, just wrote some cool stuff on that. So the more you can like divert people's attention and be like, you're not playing a new game. You're just playing. Yay. Yeah. This is just the, the, the easier it is. All right, Chris, what about you? Any thoughts, strategies? I definitely agree. I run a lot of Star Wars and other games. Um, having good cheat sheets that people can work off is key, especially like fantasy flight games because they don't use numbers. They use symbols. Yeah, it's weird. And then take enough time to really thoroughly explain it to them and then help them interpret their roles and stuff again that ffg one i tell everybody the first hour i'm going to help you with the dice after that you're going to look down and you're going to tell me faster than i'm going to tell you Um, giving them that confidence in that for people that i've gamed with for a while you know everybody gets into that rut of let's just keep playing dnd sometimes when we're just not playing i'll sit around and go so what are we missing from our game Mm -hmm. they go oh you know I'd like a little more, let's say, you know, romance in the game. D and D is a little hard to do that without, you know, I'm going to go to the bar and seduce the wench type yeah. thing. So then so, I go, so okay. you pull out like the mini, like two hot guys making out TTRPG, and you're like, I just had this in my pocket. Yeah, but whatever they say they're missing, I'll, I know I've got a game that'll kind of fit that that mold. Um, or I just say to me, you know, what's your favorite movie? And then, you mm. know. If you, you know, talking with you, Mitch, if you're like, I really like horror, I'm like, let's do Shadow of the Demon Lord. We're not yep. going to look at D&D. <laughs> um, and then if you've never played it, I usually warn people with a game like that. Or like even Call of Cthulhu, you're, you're not necessarily going to just kick the door down and win. You might kick the door down and see something horrific and go insane, which, you know, for some people is great. You know, I like those type of games. So for me, yeah, let's play something different. Surprise me. Uh, but some people aren't, you know, some people play D and D just cause that's what they're comfortable with. And it gives them a chance to just escape reality. And I don't want to say not think, but not really have to make complex decisions, just kind yeah. of roll the dice and have a good time and build their character up and, you know, have fun with their friends. So I would say, talk to your group and, you know, I don't say trick them into a new game, but ease them into it by just talking to them about what are you missing? What's your favorite movies? I know I think we can do it, you know, with this type of system, you know, if you told me you were a big fan of, you know, the, the Kung Fu uh, type 1970s and eighties movies that, you know, Michael and I kind of grew up with, or even the bad B movies, I would just say, you need to talk to Michael about action cinema 12, yeah. pull that type out and be like, here, let's, you know, let's make a really bad movie together. I was thinking about uh, was it Jackie Chan's uh, his drunken uh, style movies, the Drunken Master. The drunken yeah, Masters. I love those to death. Like those are oh. one of my favorites. I love rewatching every year. My dad and I used to watch them all the time. The kid with a golden arm that could block arm. You know, everything came in because his arms made out of gold and it's different things like that. So, in addition to what both of these very smart gentlemen said, I would say uh, one shots. So there's not a huge commitment. Maybe even like a two hour one shot. Have something ready to go. Like if you have a regular game scheduled and last minute somebody can't make it rather than canceling everyone else. Hey, I'll run a one shot tonight. I've been wanting to run this game uh, pre-gens so that, that you know, I, I know some people love making characters. I hate it. 
I, I will I will start a campaign if you make me pre-gen. I'm happy. I just I want to play. So mm-hmm. make it as seamless as possible. The transition from hey, let's play a game to hey, we're actually in this game already playing. Make that as short as sweet as you possibly can. And then also just those the the things that you're trying to evoke because I love D and D absolutely do, but like if I'm going to play Stranger Things, D and D is not a good type of system for that type nope. of story. So I'm going to look for something that matches that. So if there's some a movie or just an element that like I want to play Stranger Things again as an example, this is a game that does that type of story very well. A Call of Cthulhu tells a certain type of story very well. So, uh, but at the same time, I will say it's also okay to just keep playing D and D forever if that's a game that you love. And people let you enjoy it. It's totally fine to keep playing. I've become a much better DM because I do play other games. So I've I've added and tweaked. My D and D games have a lot of other elements mixed in. So I'm a big proponent of trying other games. But it's totally cool too if you have a game. If you know, like I go to a restaurant, I order the same thing every time. I'm totally <laughs> fine with that. Like I go, I get the same thing at every. Like I go to this restaurant, I get this meal. This restaurant, I get this meal. I'm happy. I'm satisfied. I know I'm, what I'm going to get. So I'm totally fine with that. So I get that too. All right, so that is all the questions. We have the one we ask everybody, so we'll wrap up quickly. So, Mitch, you're the, you're the new person here tonight, so we'll ask you. Imagine you're being turned into a, a action figure. What are the mm-hmm. three accessories that are going to come in your package? Ooh, um, okay. Uh, so definitely a flesh mask. Um, uh, and let's see, uh, razor wire and... Um, hmm. fingernail polish. Interesting. I like it. <laughs> Interesting like it combination. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I was on a little roller coaster there. I thought I thought I knew where we might be going, but no. <laughs> uh, Mitch, thank you so much for being here. I really do appreciate it. Best of luck with the continued success oh, of the organization. I hope this. Uh, you know, hope we get a few extra dollars sent your way through our yes. streams. Uh, you'd be welcome back anytime if you want to jump in and do anything else with us. Really appreciate it. One more time, where can people find you on the internet? Yeah, Mitch just uh, Bustillos on uh, Twitter. And yeah, I want to do more finger stuff with you guys. <laughs> I hear that a lot. Sounds, <laughs> sounds, sounds dirty. Yeah. Chris, where yeah. can people find you? Uh, Burlu underscore Chris at, on the old Twitter. All right. You can find me at the RPG Academy, except in two weeks, you can find me in Dayton, Ohio. Hope to see you there. So thanks. And remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. Thanks. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast. We do this show out of love for the hobby and the desire to be ambassadors, welcoming more people into this community. All of our website content will always be free to use and utilize, but there are expenses related to the show. And if you enjoy what we do here, then please consider supporting us in some way. You can do so as simply as rating or reviewing us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. If you're going to purchase anything through Amazon or DriveThruRPG, consider using our affiliate links first, and then we'll get a small percentage sent back to us. You can do a single direct donation through PayPal using the paypal.me slash the RPG Academy, or consider joining our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash the RPG Academy. And for a donation as low as $1 a month, you'll get access to lots of extra goodies, including bonus minisodes, invites to monthly one-shot games, one-sheet adventures, and more. Please consider following us on Twitter and Facebook, or join our Discord, where we like to try to keep the conversation going with our fans as best we can, and are always looking to talk and chat more. Or do none of that. Just continue to listen and enjoy our show. 
Because honestly, that's enough. Thanks. And remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. We'll see you next time. The music used for our intro and outro is Fly a Kite by Spectacular Sound Productions, used under the Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike License.